welcome to Standing in the Gap. I'm your host preacher, Brandon Harrell. Standing in the Gap is a weekly audio Bible study dedicated to the verse-by-verse exposition of the KJV Scriptures. It is my prayer that through these studies, the lost will be saved, the believer edified, and most of all, that the Lord Jesus Christ will be magnified and honored through the proclamation of His Word. For correspondence information, please stay tuned until the end of the broadcast. May the Lord bless you as you listen to this week's Standing in the Gap. All right, this is Preacher Brandon coming once again to your place of listening with another Standing in the Gap. We're studying Matthew's Gospel and we've come to the latter half of chapter 4. I mentioned to you that in the last 14 verses of this chapter, we have an introduction to the Galilean ministry of our Lord. Galilee would be home base for Jesus and uh, would make up two of the three and a half years of his ministry uh, in its boundaries. There were three main components of this ministry. We have the record of their commencement in this latter half of chapter 4. In verses 12 through 17, we have the declaration of his message. In verses 18 to 22, we find the development of his messengers. Then in verses 23 through 25, we are introduced to the discharge of his miracles. From this point on in the Gospel of Matthew, we'll see each of these components expanded upon. We'll read again today, verses 12 through 17. Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zabulon and Nephthalim, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Nephthalim By the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region in shadow of death, light is sprung up. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, last week, we began to consider the first component of Jesus' ministry, the declaration of of his message. I pointed out that though Jesus fulfilled many roles while on this earth, such as teacher, leader, and even healer, though he was a son, a brother, and a friend, towering above all that, he was a preacher. His miracles, which we will look at extensively in this book, were not the main business of Christ. The main business of Jesus, second only to his cross work, was preaching. We read in verse 17 of our text that from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I mentioned first the continuation of his preaching. He began to preach and to say, Jesus preached. No matter the response, uh, he preached. And he did so right up until they crucified him. May we follow his example of continuation or faithfulness in preaching. Another area I'd like to mention on this matter is the character of Christ's preaching. 
I've alluded several times to the fourth chapter of Luke's gospel, which uh, gives us an account of the event that took place just prior to where we are here in Matthew 4. And I want to read a few verses there again to further emphasize uh, this particular aspect of Jesus' work, the character of his preaching. In verses 16 through 22 of Luke, we read of the fourth chapter of Luke. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Esaias. When he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of the sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him and began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this... Joseph's son. Three times in the text that Jesus selected on that Sabbath day, we find the word preach. The scriptures were being fulfilled before their very eyes and it was happening as the Savior preached. For that is exactly what he was doing. Notice the elements of biblical preaching. Jesus took a text, Isaiah, he read it publicly. He gave the proper interpretation. And then in verses 23 through 27, which you'll have to go read yourself, he applied it to his hearers. In this case, he did so using illustrations from events in Israel's history, the widow to whom Elijah went and the healing of Naaman, who uh, clearly was not the only leper in that day. This he did with the spirit of the Lord upon him. Brothers and sisters, that is preaching. That's what we need more of in our day. We've had our bellies full of story time and motivational speeches. We've had nearly a century of men getting a thought and then trying to find scripture to back it up. I've heard them say, I've got my thought. I'm just looking for a text. Another man said to me on another occasion for the last few weeks, he said, I've gotten in the pulpit and haven't even had to open my Bible. I don't know what that fellow did for those few weeks, but whatever it was, it wasn't preaching. Paul said to preach the word. How are you going to preach the word if you don't even have the word before you? Preaching. True biblical preaching begins and ends with the text of Scripture, and between the two there is Scripture. Jesus is our great example in everything, even in, and I would say especially in, the matter of preaching. For he, we would all agree, was the greatest preacher to ever live. However, this pattern of reading the text, interpreting it, and applying it is followed throughout the New Testament, even by the apostles. In Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, capitalizing upon the confusion wrought in the hearts of his audience by the coming of the Spirit of God, 
Peter took for the introduction to his sermon the text from Joel chapter number 2, verses 28 through 32. And he declared, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet. He then set forth the gospel. Then he preached in the same manner as Christ. Verses 25 to 28 of that chapter, he quoted uh, the 16th Psalm. And uh, the first uh, from those verses, he quoted that 16th Psalm. And the culmination of that was verse 27, where it says, Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. And so he read the 16th Psalm, and then he interpreted that text. That occurs in verses 29 and uh, following. Peter declares, men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. So he read the psalm concerning the resurrection of Christ. He interpreted it as such. He said, David's dead. He's not talking about himself. He's talking about the one that would come and that has come, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then just like his Savior before him, he applied the scripture to his hearers. In verse 36, he says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Implicit in this uh, statement is a call to complete submission to the Lordship of the risen Savior. In Acts chapter 17, verses 2 to 3, we gain insight into the preaching of the Apostle Paul. There we read of his time in Thessalonica. It says, And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them in three Sabbath days, reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. The same elements are present here. Paul's foundation is the Word of God, for as his manner was... He reasoned with them out of the scriptures. This was his typical way of preaching. To reason there means to say thoroughly, to discourse, or to argue one's case. Next, Paul expounded or explained, it, explained each text. That is the meaning of the word opening. Paul gave the interpretation of the text. And then he applied it. That's the meaning of the word alleging. It means to lay something before, just like one putting a plate of food before someone at a table. The end of verse 3 says, This Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. The implicit question is, what are you going to do about this? Here's the application. He laid the gospel before men with the understanding that they must respond. And respond they did. In verses 4 and 5, we have those responses recorded in Acts 17. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas and of the devout Greeks, a great multitude, and of the chief women, not a few. 
But the Jews, which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company, and set all the city in an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the, uh, to the people. We that are preachers, called unto and equipped by God for the ministry, must follow this same pattern in our preaching. Preach the word. Get your thoughts from the text instead of looking for a text to support your thoughts. Then interpret that text in its context. Declare the truth and the power of the Holy Ghost and lay it before men. Apply it to those who hear you and be bold in demanding a response. Some will believe, some will reject, and some will appear indifferent though no man really is. Either way, our business is to preach. Oh, may our preaching be as the preaching of the Lord Jesus and his faithful apostles. Next, and I've got to hurry, notice the content of Christ's preaching. Verse 17 says, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This message sounds familiar, doesn't it? That's because it is exactly what we heard from the lips of John the Baptist in chapter 3, verse 2. I'll not here rehash all the imports of this statement and the necessity of repentance in salvation. I see no need to reiterate the fact that the phrases kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God are used interchangeably in the New Testament. I would, however, point out that any man in any dispensation who refuses to preach the doctrine of repentance and besmirches those who do also besmirches the Lord Jesus Christ and his apostles. Paul said that he testified both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Why he did so is clearly stated in Acts 17, 30 and 31. In the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. The message remains the same today. So with the Lord Jesus, I say, and every God-called preacher says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus is coming again, and except you repent, ye shall perish. Till next time, this has been Preacher Brandon. May God bless you as you stand in the gap. Thank you for listening to Standing in the Gap. It is my desire that today's episode has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to contact me, my email is bcharrell83 at protonmail.com. That's bcharrell83 at protonmail.com. You can also reach me by phone at 828-777-4923. Tune in next time for Standing in the Gap.